go. Bring it up real quick. Bring it up. I'll tell you what now. I'm so excited about, about the men in this room. Because guess what? We just kept fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. Guess what? We came out on top at the end. Right? That's what it's about, right? You guys are doing a hell of a job, but we got to keep going right we got to keep going don't enjoy it right like what we say but guess what it's on to the next one it's on to the next one right let's get our minds right get our bodies right right because we're gonna go to cincinnati and go get it done there it ain't always pretty bro hey 12 round championship round we came out You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. A very excited Shane Steichen and Colts players after their 31-28 overtime win against the Tennessee Titans. I'm Adams. This is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. This is my weekly recap of Colts games. Dave Griffiths and Mike Chappell will join me on Thursday as we look ahead to the Colts' next game. So Steichen, the players excited for the win. The Colts still in control of their playoff destiny. Next up, the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. CBS for that game. So this one, this overtime game, we got a lot to talk about. I've got a lot of things to, to get off my chest, a lot of things I want to cover, because uh, this was kind of a weird one. It had a little bit of everything. You had overtime, interceptions that were actually fumbles that led to another fumble. You had some blocked punts, a punter getting knocked out, a backup quarterback having to come in to be a holder, a two-point interception return for the opposing team. I mean, you know, just when you think you've seen everything that you can ever see in an NFL football game, you come across one of these where it's very clear that just anything can happen. And, and that's what was the case here with the Colts and Titans game, a key divisional matchup. The Titans had not lost a true home game this season, and the Colts finally did that. They've been great. Uh, they've been exceptional on the road, the Colts have been. They're now 5-1. and one in road games. And in the end, it was the Colts doing just enough to hold the Titans to a field goal in overtime, then letting Gardner Minshew go to work. He hit Alec Pierce for a 55-yard pass. Pierce couldn't quite get into the end zone. Two plays later, he connected with Michael Pittman Jr. for the four-yard game-winning score. Now, the Colts had a couple opportunities to take even larger leads in this extremely close game. A punt block got them inside the 10, but that drive ended with a sack and a field goal. Then they had another red zone opportunity near the end of the first half that ended with a fumble with Gardner Minshew just uh, once again, just kind of one of those little things that happened. No interceptions this week for Gardner, but that fumble was kind of a, a key moment in the game. Now, it didn't end up hurting the Colts. Too badly, they were able to, to stop the Titans on the ensuing drive, and then the Colts mustered a field goal before halftime. But still, an opportunity to get points there uh, just uh, were not, did not materialize. It, it continues to amaze me how this Colts offense can make big plays. Now, the offensive line obviously getting a lot better play out of that unit than we saw last year under that cursed season with Frank Reich and Jeff Saturday. This unit playing better, and that has meant some opportunities for the Colts to get the ball downfield. But they're dealing with a quarterback right now whose strength of the game is not necessarily those long throws. His strength of the game is these underneath accurate throws, death by a thousand paper cuts. That's what Gardner Minshew is, is best at. But he showed 
that when things are schemed up, when the right coverage is there, and when the Colts have the right play call, he can get that ball downfield. He, he did it several times in this game. He hit Alec Pierce for a 36-yard touchdown. Uh, that tied the game early after the Titans just ran right down the Colts' throat on the first drive of the game. That touchdown, by the way, came after a taunting penalty was flagged by the, by the Titans' In this game, he also hit Pierce in the aforementioned 55-yarder in overtime. Could have even been a bigger day for Pierce. Uh, he had the one touchdown. He had the two long catches. He had his first career 100-yard receiving game for the Colts this week. But Minshew missed him on a long one where Pierce had two or three steps on the defender, and Garner just threw it a little bit too long for him there. And, and you could tell that he knew if he just put a little more air under that one, maybe, maybe Pierce is able to get that one. And I think it could have been a touchdown. Then there was another play in the end zone where uh, Minshew tried to get the ball to Pierce. Threw it a little bit high, a little bit behind, couldn't quite get it to him there. So it, it could have been a couple of touchdowns for Alec Pierce in this game. Even if he could have gotten away from the defender in overtime, that would have ended it in dramatic fashion. Two other big plays, though, for Minshew. Uh, he hit Kylan Granson for 25 yards on a play and another for 46 yards. So, you know, Granson has been kind of quiet lately, but, you know, he was able to, to get a couple of plays there when they needed him. And he also had a carry. I'll talk about that uh, running game here in just a little bit. Uh, Minshew, 26 for 42, 312 yards, a 300-yard game for Minshew. couple of touchdowns, did have three sacks when he had that fumble. As I said, not perfect. A uh, few missed throws there, especially that big one to Pierce, I think, is one that, that sticks out. But you know what? He had some opportunities to go long and scheme up things, and he'll, he'll talk about it here in a second, is that, you know, they, they have called these things that just the, the plays haven't materialized. Either the coverage is different or for one reason or another, you know, didn't have time to do it and has to check down. But this week they were there, and Alec Pierce was able to get open for these things. Now, the Colts were not 100% fantastic in this game. As a matter of fact, that red zone touchdown that they got at the end of the game there in overtime, that was their only red zone touchdown. They were one for five in the red zone, which is, a, an efficient, is inefficient, and you, you, you've got to do better than that. They settled for field goals. They had that turnover, that fumble that I mentioned. They were also not great on third down this time, three for 14, which has kind of been an issue that we've seen the last few games with the Colts not uh, doing great on third down. But you know what? In the, in the end, it's a W. The Colts needed to win. They needed to keep pace with some of these other teams in the AFC if they want to be in this playoff hunt with five games left. And they're there. Let's hear from quarterback Gardner Minshew. Um, man, awesome job by our defense today. Uh, getting the stop in overtime and countless, you know, big stops we needed. Uh, special teams probably won the game, you know. Um, so was happy just to be able to finish the game um, and kind of pull our weight there at the end. You had some opportunities to be aggressive today. And, I mean, Alex came through, the other guys came through. Um, was that a priority? And, and why do you think you guys were able to succeed there? Yeah, I think so. I think it was, um, you know, something we've been looking to do for a while. And just whether it's been a bad look or just kind of one thing or another, just hadn't been able to do it as much. But I was really happy to get AP involved, hitting him with a couple deep ones, man. He's uh, he's really been doing a great job, and we just hadn't been able to really get him going. I think continue to build with him, build confidence with him. Pitt also had 100 yards, continues to get better. Uh, so I think there's a lot of good. We just got to get a little bit more consistent to be able to, you know, do those things more often. Mm -hmm. No, I think he does a great job of, uh, you know, just staying positive for one. Like, there's 
teams, the rooms I've been in where, like, that can get toxic really fast, you know, because he hadn't been getting a ton of targets and he hadn't uh, gotten a ton of opportunity. But, you know what, he's made the most of those today and uh, has maintained a positive attitude. So I think we're just going to continue to build with him and uh, continue to have confidence in him. Yeah, um, we ran like kind of a pick play for a slant, and they traded it off, and then Pitt kind of wrapped around. It's the same one Hopkins scored on for them. Uh, so it's kind of a unique thing. That didn't happen too often, but yeah, two touchdowns on that play. Yeah, very condensed, you know. Um, we we got to figure that out. We got to do a better job there, obviously. Um, they're a great front, and they do a good job of kind of stopping the run and making things hard down there. So hats off to them. Uh, they present great challenges, but I think, you know, we have to, you know, as we continue to grow as an offense, get better and more consistent down there. Yeah. No, it means a lot, man. I think um, – you know, anytime you're playing in the quarterback position, the team's putting a lot of trust in you, you know, to kind of um, lead the way. And you know what? Today we had an opportunity to go win a game for our team and uh, just couldn't be more happy and more proud of our group um, and grateful for the opportunity I was given. I asked earlier about, you know, composure in those situations. I mean, the team looks to the quarterback to have, you know, to get that, that sense of composure as well, right? I mean, do you feel like a responsibility there? Do you try to, was it just kind of just be yourself or was yeah, I think it's uh, kind of all that. I think first, you know, just being yourself, how you feel in that situation. You know, there's some times where emotion can show, and that can be a good thing. There's some times where, you know, probably isn't the time for it. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think there's a responsibility there and, um, you know, one I enjoy, really. Yeah, I had a pretty good feeling based off the look, um, based off the kind of routes he had been running, you know. Um, so I was able to take my drop. They played the right look, and uh, he made a great play. Thank you all. All right, that was quarterback Gardner Minshew talking about the Colts and their 31-28 overtime win against the Tennessee Titans in a key game in the AFC. Let's take a look real quick at Colts receivers. Michael Pittman Jr., 11 receptions for 105 yards, touchdown, 16 targets for Pitt this week. You know, we, we laughed and talked about it on the podcast a little bit when, when Pittman's talked about how he wasn't really a big part of the offense, and he's a big part of the offense. I mean, he's had two back-to-back games that they've really needed from him, making all the tough catches, getting first downs. He's just a, a great asset for this team right now. Alec Pierce, three catches, 100 yards, one touchdown on six targets. I felt like they really liked the matchup this week for Pierce. They tried to scheme up some things for him. They gave him some one-on-ones, and it really paid off. Kylan Granson, three receptions, 72 yards for him. Quiet week for Josh Downs, three catches, 14 yards. Tyler Goodson, who had been elevated, I believe, from the practice squad, got a couple of snaps. He had two catches for 11 yards. Zach Moss, a couple catches for six yards. Will Mallory, a couple of catches for four yards for him. Now, while the passing game was uh, primary for the Colts this week, they did not run the ball very well this week. Now, I think there are a couple of reasons for that. The, the Titans have a pretty decent run defense when you kind of look at and, and break things down. And, and that game that they had, 
earlier this season was a little bit of an aberration for what we've seen from, from the unit. So Zach Moss did not run wild this week. In fact, on 19 carries, just 51 yards, 2.7 yards per carry, just a long of five yards. Now, I think the Colts really wanted to come out and pass the ball because I, I think they knew they might have a little bit of trouble this week. And, and while they stayed committed to the run game, I mean, with 19 carries, um, they just weren't able to, to be very effective in that. And that is a pretty tough Tennessee front uh, front line there. And, you know, in a couple of key situations where they had a, a third and shorter, they, they were able to, to get some conversions. So it wasn't all bad, but it wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. Kylan Granson, Nate mentioned him a couple of times already in this podcast, one carry for two yards. That came on a fourth and two during the Colts' scoring drive to open the second half. And if you watch the game, that second-half opening drive that the Colts had after the kickoff was a long drive. Like, it was long in time, and it was long in distance, and it chewed up a bunch of clock and a lot of, ended up being a lot of plays. And they needed that conversion on fourth and two from Granson. Just barely got there. They actually measured that one. Barely got there and uh, was able to, to get it. So... You know, that was that was a huge drive for them. That conversion led to a field goal. Kind of one of those things, again, where the Colts had the ball for so long, they had done such a, a long drive, you really wanted them to punch it in the end zone there, but they had to settle for a short field goal in that particular case. All right, on the defensive side in the rushing game, Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry things. 21 carries, 102 yards, 4.9 yards for carry, a couple of touchdowns. And really the only thing that saved the Colts from giving up 150 yards from Derrick Henry was the fact that he left late in the second half because he had to be evaluated for concussion. Now, Tajay Spears, the, the backup running back, showed a little bit of different burst from Henry. While here, Henry's this big bowling ball of a man who will just knock you over, Spears is a little smaller guy, a little shiftier guy. And he got 16 carries for 75 yards, 4.7 yards per carry, and uh, slipped through that defense a couple of times, man, in some key situations. We've seen that time and time again. In the end, the Colts were outrushed 177 yards to 55. But again, in the end, when you look at this thing, the Colts are 7-5. and five. They're keeping pace with the other teams in the AFC. We'll look at the playoff picture a little bit later here. But first, let's hear from head coach Shane Steichen. Um, just injury update. Uh, Braden left the game with the knee. Uh, and with that, ready when you guys are. Yeah, no question. Obviously, I think he had three for 100, and then obviously the big one there was huge at the end to get us down there on the four-yard line. Uh, but he keep he keeps working, he keeps grinding, and then you know every you know it takes it might take some time every once in a while. But today was his opportunity, and he made the most of them. What does it say about Michael Pittman? Just the attention that he gets to keep delivering so steadily. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's consistent every time he goes out there. I don't know what he had today, 11 for 100 and something, I think. Um, just, you know, back-to-back games with 100 yards receiving. Uh, just the consistency that he plays with week in, week out, and his preparation that he puts into it, and his toughness and his physicality, uh, it's special. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, shoot, I know it wasn't pretty the whole time. I'm saying the whole game, right? It was back and forth and all that stuff. But to have that game-winning drive right there, uh, it says a lot about him, uh, his preparation that he puts into it, and his character, and the way he goes out and competes uh, to get that game-winning drive was big by Gardner. Shane, it feels like you've had a lot of these kinds of games. Yeah. 
just the mental toughness. You know what I mean? There's so much back and forth, and there's so much momentum swings in all these games. And just, you know, obviously, if they get a big play, it's like, how do you, you know, bounce back from that? And same thing with us, keeping the momentum. Um, but it was, it's awesome to see our guys fight every single week uh, and just keep finding ways to win. It's big. There's no question. Uh, big time, you know, blocks right there. That's the, obviously that's a huge momentum change right there uh, for us. Um, but a testament to, you know, Brian Mason and Joe Hastings, our special teams uh, coordinators, you know, getting those things wired up uh, and obviously getting the blocks there were big. Did you guys think coming in there was an opportunity for that? Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Shane, you spoke about the, the mental toughness. How do you think you guys built that? Um, you know what? I think it's just guys believing you know what I mean you hear that word a lot and it's but it is true I mean you believe every time you go out you're going to win the football game no matter what the circumstances are uh, no matter what the situation is you keep fighting and you keep going and you find ways you know at the end if you, if you believe you're going to win you're going to go out and win a game what do you think was going on in the red zone the game? yeah yeah they did you know credit to Tennessee they did they're really good in the red zone coming into the game but uh we got to be better starts with myself down there obviously or one for five obviously got the one at the end but we got to be better there uh instead of kicking you know field goals we got to score touchdowns Yeah, we knew they had a good front going into the game. Um, you know, we ran it good last time we played them. Today, they, you know, played good up front. Um, credit to them again. Uh, but again, found a way to, you know, win the game was the stat that matters. Was the deep ball a specific focus this, this week, or was it just the way the team I think it just plays out. You know, we always have shots up, you know, and if they give us the look, you know, we obviously, you know, take them. And if they're not there, obviously, we check the ball down. So defensively, they're, they're running it pretty good in the first half, but to be able to come out in the second half and slow that down, especially in the third quarter to get back into this game. Yeah. No, it was huge. It was huge by our defense going out in the second half uh, and, you know, holding them to what they did. Um, you could see the, you know, the shift there, obviously, from our defense. And they played tough, uh, obviously, for the second half and into that overtime, holding to the field goal there. Um, and then, obviously, giving us a chance offensively to go down and, and score. So it was good to see by the defense. What do you think the uh, I think they just, you know, they got it together. You know what I mean? And to, to have a perfect answer for you, you know, everyone says like, oh, the halftime adjustments, what are those? Well, I mean, you go out and execute in the second half and you go play good. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's what our guys did. And uh, credit to those guys in the locker room. What do you think it says about he does. He has that next play mentality. You know what I mean? No matter what. Obviously, he has good plays. Playing quarterback in this league ain't easy. And uh, you're going to have good plays. You're going to have bad plays. But when you do have bad plays, you put them beside you and you keep marching on. And obviously, for him to go lead us uh, to a touchdown winning driver there was huge. Gosh, just his growth, uh, his mentality that he brings. You know, he's been through a lot in his career with injuries. And uh, to see him out there competing on Sundays, uh, he practices hard. And again, it always goes back to the preparation. Um, he prepares the right way, and then that stuff shows up on Sundays. I just said I'm excited about the way they played. I'm excited for the guys in that locker room, the way they kept fighting and kept believing in each other and finding ways to win. And that's, that's what it's all about. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That was head coach Shane Steichen talking about the Colts and their win against the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. The one injury he did mention, Braden Smith, uh, with an injury, he left that game, did not return. So we saw Blake Freeland coming in and finishing the game there for Braden Smith at right tackle. All right, on the defensive side, the Colts had six sacks this week. Quiddy Pay, Samson Ebukam with two each. I mean... We, they started off hot, both of them. We got in a little bit of a lull, and now that the season's starting to turn a little bit, these guys are starting to pick it up again, and that's that's good sign for the Colts. Jake Martin had a sack. Eric Johnson, the second. 
and DeForest Buckner each split one as well. Kind of a mixed bag, though, for the defense. I mean, the Titans made some big plays. We had some coverage mix-ups that we've unfortunately become accustomed to this season, and the Colts really struggled to contain that running game. But I I'll tell you what, though, the defensive front, Throughout that game, they finished with the six sacks. They rushed Levis a lot. They got several quarterback hits on him this week. I think the box score credited him with nine. And, you know, it was never comfortable, I didn't think, for Will Levis after that first drive. And there was a span where the Colts were basically playing lockdown defense, and that's what helped them get into overtime and get a lead and, and win this game. Now, I'd like to comment on one of the strangest sequences that I really have ever seen. And this involved a blocked punt and another blocked punt and, and just wacky things. Uh, Nick Cross kind of, you know, shed through some blockers and blocked the punt. He was like there right on top of the punter and, and stopped it. It like hit him in the chest. Grant Stewart scooped it up and returned it for a touchdown. So the Colts at this point, they were down by five points and they decided to go for two, which, you know, you, you understand because you get the two-point conversion there, then you go up by seven. That, you know, that's your typical margin in a football game, right? Seven points. So I understand why they went for it there. They, they kind of called sort of a shovel pass type of play to Zach Moss, and things did not go well, <laughs> just to say the least. Uh, Minshew threw it a little bit high, bounced off of Moss's hands, and then Amani Hooker from the Titans recovered that ball. He intercepted, and he went all the way back to the end zone. So instead of this five-point game now that the Colts had, they could have gone by six, up by six if they kicked the extra point. They could have gone up by seven if they had, you know, gotten the uh, two-point conversion. At the very least, the Colts were thinking they walk out of there with a five-point lead, right? So it's at least two of two field goal game for them at the very, very least. And instead, it's a three-point game because of this wacky sequence where, you know, they, they block the punt, they get the touchdown, and then the two-point conversion just goes completely sideways, and it gives two points to the Titans. Then the Titans score, but then it's the Colts kicking off because that score was the result of the touchdown that the Colts had just scored. Uh, they were able to lock down the, the Titans drive, and they get a sack from Quiddy Pay to end that and make it a three and out. So the, the Titans are punting again, and the Colts get to an, a, another punt. This time it's Tony Brown, who was, you know, the GOAT and not the greatest of all time kind of GOAT ag against the Saints a few weeks ago. They put him in motion. He comes right off the edge. Nobody blocks him, and he gets to Ryan Stonehouse before he can even punt the ball and forces a fumble. And it, it was not good. It looked like Stonehouse suffered what I fear might be a significant leg injury, but the Colts were able to recover that ball, and Saguna Luby, actually a linebacker, uh, got it, but he couldn't quite get into the end zone. Just stopped, I think, inside the 10, and uh, the Colts were unable to uh, get it into the end zone there. They had to settle for a field goal, which was too bad, because I feel like if the Colts could have scored a touchdown there, they could have salted this thing away. And if they hadn't given up that two-point conversion to the Titans... And they had scored, you know, you, we play what if, what if, what if every week when we, when we do this podcast and we talk about our favorite teams and football and everything. But, you know, this play had a, a, another effect on the game. Stonehouse, who is the punter for the Titans, also serves as the team's holder, which means, you know, when they do place kicks, when they do field goals, he's the guy who holds the ball for their kicker, Nick Folk, in this particular case. Well, when Stonehouse went out with his leg injury, this meant a couple of things. One, it meant, Nick Folk, congratulations, you are now our punter. 
because you're the place kicker, and now you're the punter because the punter is hurt. And it also meant that Stonehouse could no longer hold for place kicks. And that meant that Ryan Tannehill, the backup quarterback for the Titans, who I guess held in college, had to be the holder for kicks. The, the Colts benefited from this because when the Titans got a touchdown that would have put them up by a point, they were unable to hit the, 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 the point after touchdown. It was uh, not a great hold, I guess, you know, or there was, I'm not sure if it was a bad hold or if it's just the, the operation's different because you're, you're working with different parts here with the long snapper, a different holder, you know, and, and the kicker. And so they missed that extra point, and that meant that it was tied at the end of regulation. And then the Colts and Titans just kind of went back and forth at the end of the game with punts, and, you know, that, that led to the overtime period. So just kind of a, a, a wacky sequence there. Uh, that sent the game to overtime with the, the blocked punt and then the, the second blocked punt that was really a fumble. But that wasn't the only weird thing that happened in this game. In the first quarter, Will Levis fumbled, but uh, it kind of looked like it was a pass that Julian Blackman had intercepted and then couldn't quite hang on to. But as it turns out, uh, it was kind of an empty hand situation. So it, it, they didn't feel like Levis had control of the ball and so it was ruled a fumble, but Julian Blackman recovered it. Then that what looked like him not being able to hold on to it instead of being an incompletion was actually another fumble, which Will Levis then recovered. That meant that it was kind of a change of possession and the Titans were given a first down. And it, it looks hilarious in the ESPN game log. I'm just going to read this to you real quick. Will Levis sacked at Tennessee 31 for minus nine yards by Samson Ebukam. Fumbles caused by Samson Ebukam. Recovered by Julian Blackman at the 50. Julian Blackman advances to the Tennessee 48 for two yards. He fumbles. Recovered by Tennessee's Will Levis at the Tennessee 48. Levis to Tennessee 48 for no gain. Kenny Moore. The replay official viewed the fumble ruling and the play was upheld. The ruling on the field stands. What a wacky, awkward looking thing. But you know what? <laughs> Somehow a similar sequence repeated itself in the fourth quarter when Quiddy Pace sacked Levis, the ball again going forward. This one was initially ruled incomplete, but then it was overturned since the Titans recovered. They, they could not advance the ball there. They had to take a timeout. It essentially counted as a sack with the Titans having to use one of their timeouts. Just a weird sequence of events there. I mean, this game was packed with kind of little stupid, silly things like that. I did want to give uh, props to the special teams because, you know, not only those plays that I just mentioned with uh, interfering with the blocks, getting some points for the Colts. I mean, even if special teams' second one didn't lead to a touchdown, the Colts still got a field goal out of it. So they, they needed those points still on a day when, you know, the offense struggled to actually get into the end zone, even though they were able to move the ball at times in big chunks. So big props to that. You got the special teams touchdown from Grant Stewart off the Nick Cross block. The Tony Brown fumble allowed the Colts to get a field goal there. And then you had four field goals from Matt Gay, solid as ever in this particular game. Another great special teams play for the Colts this week, Isaiah McKenzie, set up the first touchdown with a 36-yard return. So the Colts won the to opening toss of this game. They deferred to the second half, and that meant that the Titans got to go first on offense. And Tennessee just marched right down the field and scored pretty quickly. Well, when they kicked off, McKenzie had a nice return, returned at 36 yards, got a nice little burst, got a found, found a nice little seam, and just, boom, went and took it. 
that helped the Colts set up in some pretty decent field position to start that first drive. Yes, it was the Alec Pierce touchdown that got them the points for sure. But, you know, without a nice return, you know, maybe the play calls are a little bit different. Maybe things don't go the same way. So, you know, props to the entire special teams because they, you know, sometimes your defense wins you a game. Sometimes your offense wins you a game. Sometimes your special teams it wins you games. And in this particular kind of weird hybrid game, it was kind of all three of these pieces working together, which is, you know, often the case, but there were not all, there are not always a lot of times where special teams stands out, but this week it definitely did. So taking a look at the playoff picture right now, the Colts are in slotted seventh, uh, according to most of the things that, that I saw, uh, they are tied at seven and five with the Steelers, the Browns, and the Texans. They all have seven and five records, and you have to use a series of tiebreakers to determine who, if the playoffs started today, which they don't, but if they started today, who would be in and who would be out? Well, because of the different tiebreakers, the way that it plays out right now is that the Steelers would be five, the Browns would be six, the Colts would be seven, and the Texans would be eighth. Now, the Colts get in over the Texans based on their head-to-head tiebreaker, which will not be as important of a thing in week 18 because both teams will have a chance to, you know, negate that head-to-head tiebreaker. If the Colts win, then yes, they'll have that tiebreaker. If the, if the Texans win, then, you know, it's a, it's a different ball game. We'll have to see how things shake out. The Browns are ahead of the Colts based on their head-to-head tiebreaker with Cleveland beating the Colts a few weeks ago in that wild game at Lucas Oil Stadium. And then the Steelers based on I believe it's a divisional tiebreaker, division record tiebreaker right now. They hold that over the Browns, so that's why they are slotted ahead of them. But we've got a lot of football left, five games left. Uh, the Browns searching for an answer at quarterback. They had to, you know, bring Joe Flacco out of carbon freeze this week and have a quarterback to start. Uh, the Steelers have lost Kenny Pickett with some sort of leg injury for at least a couple of weeks. He's, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, all the different reports and all of that, but it, it sounds like there's a very good chance he may miss the Colts game in a, in a couple of weeks, and that may mean that uh, Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would like to note that the Colts Steelers home game is scheduled for 4.30 p.m. on Saturday, December the 16th. That game, that Week 15 game, had not had uh, had, had been listed TBD since the schedule was released. There were like five games that the NFL had not determined the final times for and days for so that, you know, they could add a Saturday, some Saturday matchups and that sort of thing, and the Colts were chosen for uh, that game. So it would be an NFL Network game for the Colts, one of their only, their really only true national game of the year, really, when you think about it. They had the Patriots game, which was a national game, but it aired at 9 o'clock in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, local time for the kickoff. And then their other kind of non-1 o'clock game was a 4.05 start, against the Carolina Panthers. It was in that late afternoon window, so more people could have seen that game, but who wants to watch, you know, Colts and Panthers? Uh, Most markets got other games, presumably better games on that particular day. So they'll have a true, you know, national game here at home against the Steelers there on December the 16th for that week. So they'll they'll have essentially a national game there on that Saturday at Lucas Oil Stadium, and I'm I'm sure that the Colts are going to be really happy about that. Again, the game airing on CBS4 via the NFL Network. Up next for the Colts, they will play the Cincinnati Bengals. We don't know how the Bengals came out this week as of this podcast because they're the Monday night football game tonight. They are without starting quarterback Joe Burrow. We'll see how this matchup lines up and everything when we do our later in the week podcast on Thursday with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. For the Colts Blue Zone podcast, I'm Matt Adams. 